Hello friends, it's Sean here. It is Monday the 29th of January and you have tapped on play, made some space in your day to invite me in so that you and I can unwrap and read the next chapter of God's Word as we continue on this fascinating story of David coming into his own and Saul being squeezed out. The, the whole book of Samuel, first and second, is not written as a biographical account of what happened and, and who did what. This is the story that is theological. This is a story teaching us about God, about God establishing his covenant with David and about God establishing his kingship through David and beyond. There is so much going on and a lot of the story really does revolve around David. And we will hear Saul doing all sorts of terrible, mean and oh, and we will hear Saul really becoming quite an unlikable character in today's reading. And this is all to say that this is not David who came along and snatched the, the throne from Saul, but Saul really disqualified himself from continuing in that role as king and God takes it from him and gifts it to David. David is not in the business of snatching thrones, but he is receiving that responsibility from God. That is enough from me. Let us read this together. Let's open up and read 1 Samuel chapter 20. David now fled from Naoth in Ramah and found Jonathan. What have I done? he exclaimed. What is my crime? How have I offended your father that he is so determined to kill me? That's not true, Jonathan protested. You're not going to die. He always tells me everything is going to do, even the little things. I know my father wouldn't hide something like this from me. It just isn't so. Then David took an oath before Jonathan and said, Your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. So he has said to himself, I won't tell Jonathan. Why should I hurt him? But I swear to you that I am only a step away from death. I swear it by the Lord and by your own soul. Tell me what I can do to help you, Jonathan exclaimed. David replied, Tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. I've always eaten with the king on this occasion, but tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I asked permission to go home to Bethlehem for an annual family sacrifice. If he says, fine, you will know all is well. But if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know he is determined to kill me. Show me this loyalty as my sworn friend, for we made a solemn pact before the Lord. Or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father. But please, don't betray me to him. Never, Jonathan exclaimed. You know that even if the slightest notion my father was planning to kill you, I would tell you at once. Then David asked, How will I know whether or not your father is angry? Come out to the field with me, Jonathan replied. And they went out there together. Then Jonathan told David, I promise by the Lord, the God of Israel, that by this time tomorrow, or the next day at the latest, I will talk to my father and let you know at once how he feels about you. 
even if he speaks favorably about you, I will let you know. But if he is angry and wants you killed, may the Lord strike me and even kill me if I don't warn you so you can escape and live. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. And may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But if I die, treat my family with this faithful love, even when the Lord destroys all your enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, saying, May the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said, Tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. You will be missed when your place at the table is empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hid before and wait there by the stone pile. I will come out and shoot three arrows to the side of the stone pile as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy to bring the arrows back. If you hear me tell him, they're on this side, then you will know. As surely as the Lord lives, that all is well, and there is no trouble. But if I tell him, Go farther, the arrows are still ahead of you, then it will mean that you must leave immediately, for the Lord is sending you away. And may the Lord make us keep our promises to each other, for he has witnessed them. So David hid himself in the field, and when the new moon festival began, the king sat down to eat. He sat at his usual place against the wall, with Jonathan sitting opposite him, and Abner beside him. But David's place was empty. Saul didn't say anything about it that day, for he said to himself, Something must have made David ceremonially unclean. But when David's place was empty again the next day, Saul asked Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan replied, David earnestly asked me if he could go to Bethlehem. He said, Please let me go, for we are having a family sacrifice. My brother demanded that I be there, so please let me get away to see my brothers. That's why he isn't here at the king's table. Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore, he swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father. What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last... Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Jonathan left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat on that second day of the festival, for he was crushed by his father's shameful behavior toward David. The next morning, as agreed, Jonathan went out into the field and took a young boy with him to gather his arrows. Start running, he told the boy, so you can find the arrows as I shoot them. So the boy ran and Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy had almost reached the arrow, Jonathan shouted, The arrow is still ahead of you. Hurry, hurry, don't wait. So the boy quickly gathered up the arrows and ran back to his master. He, of course, suspected nothing. Only Jonathan and David understood the signal. Then Jonathan gave his bow and arrows to the boy, 
and told him to take them back to town. As soon as the boy was gone, David came out from where he had been hiding near the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. At last, Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. Then David left, and Jonathan returned to the town. Lord Jesus, thank you for this week. Thank you for the opportunities we will have to further your kingdom. Thank you for the people that you will place in our path, that we can approach them not with anger or with selfishness, but with love, with justice, and with forgiveness. Thank you that you give us this anti-example in Saul who is just so moved by his own ambition that it blinds him. Lord, I pray that your ambition would always trump our own as we choose which path to travel each day in every moment where we're faced with different possibilities of ways that we can choose to go. Thank you that you don't just love us, you don't just forgive us, you don't just invite us into your family, but you invite us to be agents of your kingdom. Lord, I just pray that we follow your heart, that you shape us and mould us to do this work. But most importantly, to do the work of knowing in our heart that we are loved and forgiven, children of you, our most high God and Saviour. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray all of this. Amen.